Welcome to the Life Fellowship Ministries International Broadcast. Our mission is to develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. And now, join us for the Life Fellowship Experience. We're continuing in this series, and today we'll be looking at another life-giving, life-changing F-word, and that word is forgiveness. Jesus has a lot of things to say. He had a lot of things to say and teach us about forgiveness, a lot of interesting things that we'll be looking at today. And I'm so thankful that the Lord's forgiveness toward us is based on love, and it's not based on, for, uh, on performance, and that... Um, you know, I often wonder about us. Is our forgiveness based on love and grace toward one another and toward others? Or is it conditional? And is it based on performance? So as we talk about this today and we think about this and we pray about this and consider this, let's just let the Lord speak into our lives and speak into our hearts regarding forgiveness. Last week we talked about faith. We sang about it today. You know, uh, I was thinking about the song when we were talking about uh, by faith, I see a breakthrough coming. And, uh, you know, we need to oftentimes just get in that mode where we're just like not looking at the circumstances, but looking to him and saying, God, I need a breakthrough. And I know that you're more than able to do it. And so, you know, I, I just wanted to, to share a little bit about that on faith. You know, we're, we're walking by faith, not by sight. We should be walking by faith and not by sight. And many times we, we can't see what God sees. We don't see the outcome. But that's where we walk in faith. So we're in the series Lies to Life. And uh, lies or lie and life are, are spelt the same except for the F. So that's where we're getting all these, these F words from that are life-changing that we can implement in our, in our lives. And uh, I think I shared last week, I started to call this God's F words, but I got talked down from that. But we're going to be looking at these words that begin with F that are life-giving and life-changing. And I think this, this teaching on forgiveness is, is critical to us walking in the fullness that God created us to walk in. Unforgiveness is a tool that, that the enemy uses to destroy lives. Forgiveness brings life and freedom. Do you, do you know people that have uh, been caught up with unforgiveness and they, they get bitter, they, get, they begin to hate, uh, their lives are destroyed because they're just unforgiving. And the Lord forgives all of us. He forgives all our sins when we ask Him. That's my first point this morning. Think about this for a moment. I've got a couple of questions here or a question. Why did, why did Christ willingly go to the cross to die for us? To pay the penalty for all of our sins. Why did He pay the penalty for our sins? So that we could be forgiven. Forgiveness is a critical part of our relationship with the Lord and certainly with one another. There's always, okay, maybe I shouldn't say always, there's probably always a lie between what the enemy wants us to believe and what the Word of God says. And one of the lies about forgiveness is maybe you've thought this or maybe you've 
talked yourself into this, that the Lord really doesn't forgive us. The, real, the Lord really doesn't forgive me. Okay, I know the Lord forgives us, but I have a hard time believing that he forgives me. The truth is, when we ask him to forgive us, he really does forgive us. And, and, and that we're, we talked about faith last week. It takes faith to believe that God has really forgiven us. But we have evidence by the Holy Spirit in our lives. And these, these are truths that enable us to live the abundant life that Jesus came to give us. Because he doesn't want us to live in hatred or bitterness or anger or, or be bound up. In Romans 3.22, Paul writes, We are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And so that's, if you missed last week's sermon, go back and listen to it. Faith is critical to this relationship. And we receive forgiveness through faith. Lord God, I ask your forgiveness for whatever. We don't have to wait for a letter in the mail from God saying, Okay, Mark, I, I've forgiven you for those 10,872 things you did last month. Signed, God. P.S., you better do better next month. We don't get a text from God saying, okay, yeah, I forgive you for that. My, our phones would be blowing up like every second. Okay, forgiven, forgiven, forgiven. <laughs> Faith in God. Forgiveness from God and forgiveness toward one another are connected in this relationship with him and our relationship with one another. Jesus tells Thomas in John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. There's one way to the Lord, and that's through Christ. And it's not faith plus something else. It's Christ alone. It's only through him. And through Christ, we're made right. This word means justified. It means in right standing with God. Righteousness means what is right and pleasing to God. And think about this. We're made right with God because of what Christ has done. Let's go to Romans 3, 20, 22 through 25. We're made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes no matter who we are. I love this scripture. No matter who we are, no matter what we've done, the pimp, the prostitute, the, the bank robber, the, the drug dealer, the drug addict, whatever. No matter who we are, through Christ we're made right with him. I love this. This is a great promise. Not only for us, but for people that have no hope. Do you ever talk to people and they're like, well, there's no hope for me? Yes, there's hope for you. Because of this scripture and many more. And this is true for everyone. Say everyone. Oh, yeah. Say it again. Everyone. I like that. Do the people around you know that that they fall into this category, that they're included in everyone? Do you know? Do you know that you're included in this? Verse 23, for everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet God, yet God, but God in his grace freely makes us right in his sight. We need to hear that today. I started to say somebody needs to hear that today. Everybody. I'm going to say everybody needs to hear that today. 
Right? Everybody. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty for our sins so that we could what? Come into this relationship with him. That's his greatest desire. I want you to take a moment and just consider what Jesus has done, not just for us, but make it personal. Think about what Jesus has done for you. And there are many scriptures. You know, we all know John 3.16, For God loved the world so much that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And verse 17, Jesus came into the world not to judge the world, but to save the world. So we have all these scriptures. And time after time, we read scripture, and boom, there's the gospel. There it is. Oops, there it is. Jesus saving us through his, through his sacrifice for us time and time and time and time and time. Again, we see this in the Word. Romans 3.25, for God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. What a wonderful blessing for us that we don't have to perform to receive salvation and forgiveness and grace. Don't you wish your boss was more like Jesus? <laughs> ah. For God presented Jesus as a sacrifice for, for sin. Verse 25 continues. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. It takes faith to believe that. And so we walk in faith. And we receive. And we have the Holy Spirit that brings confirmation to our lives. So my first point is, the Lord forgives all our sins when we ask him. My second point is, we need to forgive ourselves. The Lord forgives you, the Lord forgives us. And when I think about this, when I, even when, and when I'm saying this, we need to forgive ourselves, I'm kinda like, ah, kinda like fingernails on a chalkboard. I'm, I'm thinking, ah, that doesn't sound right. It doesn't seem right that I need to forgive myself. Have you ever heard somebody say, well, I can't forgive myself? <laughs> Are you greater than God? Because God can forgive you. God will forgive you if you ask. Unforgiveness is a chain that will wrap around your heart and keep you bound up. I thought about this. Christians who won't forgive themselves probably won't forgive others. Forgiveness is a choice. You ever have those thoughts that remind you of your failures? Huh. What do we need to do with those things? We need to cast them aside. We need to tell ourselves sometimes, hey, hey, flesh, I've been forgiven of this. Now I'm moving on. I love what Paul says. Paul, who wrote, you know, a good portion of the New Testament who was responsible for a lot of Christians' death before he had this encounter with Jesus. Do you think he ever had those thoughts, maybe try to creep in and say, what about when you were stoning Stephen? And what, when they were stoning Stephen and you were holding their coats, what about that, Paul? And you're going to write these letters to the church? But let's look at what Paul says in, in part, part B, I guess, of Philippians 3, 13 and 14. I focus on one thing. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I'm not living in the past. 
Okay, yes, I made some mistakes. Yes, we made some mistakes. But we come to God and we say, Lord, forgive us. And we go to those people if we can and, and try to bring rest or restitution or, or ask forgiveness. And then we move on. And we'll hope maybe we can learn something from those situations. He, he goes on to write in verse 14, I press on to reach the end of this race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. I like the last word in the scripture. He's calling us. Paul's not just talking about him running the race and, and uh, looking forward to what's ahead and the heavenly prize just for him. But he's saying this is for all of us. How many of us need to quit looking in the rearview mirror and drive The Lord has called us to finish our race. There are obstacles. <laughs> there are challenges. There are people. <laughs> right? The Pharisees were trying to uh, trap Jesus like they did many times. And in Matthew 22, 36 and 40, they asked him, Teacher, what is, which is the most important commandment of the law of Moses? And Jesus replied, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart all your soul, all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. So we know that the Ten Commandments are based on loving God and loving one another. The Bible is based on love, love God. But part B of this, last, of this one scripture here in uh, 39 is equally important. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. Hmm. Those of us that are healthy, hopefully, we have a, a healthy love for ourselves. I know there are people that, that don't. They're, you know, they, they abuse themselves, and, and they, for whatever reason, they don't really love themselves. So I'm not talking about that. But I'm talking about what if we loved our neighbor in the same manner as we love ourselves? Because we're going to take care of ourselves, right? Most of the time, a lot of the time, sometimes it's all about number one for us. We don't have any problem loving ourselves because sometimes we're really selfish. It's all about me. I'm looking out for me. But what if we really loved our neighbor as ourselves? What if we really honored them? And, uh, you know, I'll say this too that some of us need to lighten up on ourselves. Too hard on herself. And maybe that comes from how we were raised. You know, maybe we can never get our dad's approval, or, you know, maybe it was never good enough. My boss is never satisfied no matter how much I do. No, no matter how much I did when I was growing up, I could never get that affirmation that I needed from my from my mom or my dad. We are imperfect people I believe in excellence and we we demonstrate excellence here the tech arts team everybody that's serving demonstrates excellence but that's different than perfection first of all can an imperfect person ever do anything perfect no so no matter how perfect we get it it's never going to be perfectly perfect <laughs> but what we can do is we can strive for excellence to do the best that we can 
to serve God in the best manner that we can, to live the best life that we can. But that's a transformation process that's happening in our hearts and lives. But God is not loving us or rating us necessarily based on our performance. When we come into this relationship with him, there should be some change in our lives. But I'm thankful that God's love and mercy and grace and forgiveness is not just for those perfect people, (laughs) but for all of us. So my first point is the Lord forgives all our sins when we ask him. We have to ask him. Lord, forgive me of my sins. And then we move on. The second point is we need to forgive ourselves. The Lord forgives us. My third point is we need to forgive others. The Lord forgives all who ask him. I know many of us know the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. Let's skip down to Matthew 6, verse 12. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those. Wait, 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 what? Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And some of the versions say, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Or the NLT says, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And when, when we look at this version that says, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, he's not talking about money. He's talking about offenses. In verse 14 and 15, well, before I go there, when we have the heart of God, when we understand God's heart toward us, he's forgiving to us. He's gracious to us. And when we're ungracious to other people, what, that, that, that's not reflecting God's heart. And when you stop and look at what God has forgiven you for, maybe even things that, that you don't even know what he's forgiven us for. But he's gracious and loving and wanting to, to extend forgiveness to us. And he's saying, I want you to do the same thing. Now, right after Jesus is teaching the disciples and us how to pray, giving us a model prayer. Right after this, let's look at verse uh, 14 and 15. If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. Have you ever stopped and think, thought about that? I mean, this looks kind of conditional here. In other words, if we look at it backwards, if you don't forgive others, your heavenly Father won't forgive you. Verse 15, but if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. God forgives us. We're forgiven. We are to forgive others. Sometimes people think about forgiveness. They think, oh, well, forgiveness is like, oh, it's okay. No, no, it doesn't mean it's okay. It just means that we've chosen to release that to God and forgive them. And they have to deal with what they've done. You know, we've got our own stuff that we're dealing with, right? So forgiveness is a choice. I think sometimes for us, we want forgiveness to look like they come to us and they bow down and they beg, oh, will you forgive me? Will you forgive me? And we're kind of like, well, maybe. 
Yeah, why don't you beg a little more? Why don't you bake me a cake and I'll think about it? Whatever. But God is like, I want to forgive you. Just come, come and ask me and I will totally forgive you. You don't have to bake me a cake. You don't have to come and beg and scrap and claw and cry. What if we had that kind of love and forgiveness toward other people? Huh. Maybe sometimes we need to look in the mirror and see what God is forgiving us for before we're going and judging somebody else. Why do we withhold forgiveness when God is so gracious to forgive us? If, if you need some help with conflict, go read Matthew chapter 18. Clearly tells us how to deal with that. Speak to somebody privately. You've got a, a, an issue? Go talk to them privately. Do you know how many conflicts would be resolved maybe if somebody just sat down one-on-one -on -one and said, hey, look, I've got a problem. Can we talk about this? Has that ever happened in your life? You make this whole story up and, you know, well, when they say this, I'm going to do this and blah, blah, blah. And then you go sit down and talk to them and, and everything just clears. The dust settles. And you find out that it's really not that difficult but you've worked yourself up, they've worked themselves up, and you, you think that it's going to be this big battle. And maybe sometimes we just need to humble ourselves. <laughs> Say, look, I'm sorry for what I did. And, and again, it, you know, I've, I've had situations where I've had conflict, and, and the guy comes back and apologizes to me, and I said, uh, I, you know, I accept your apology, and I apologize for the way that I acted. You don't have permission to talk to me like that, so let's not do that again. But, you know, nobody, probably no one, is ever 100% right or 100% wrong. What if we just, can we just maybe humble ourselves a little bit? So if you've got a problem, go speak to them privately. And if that doesn't work, take two or three others with you. And then if that doesn't work, according to Matthew 13, take it to the church leaders. If they still refuse, have nothing more to do with them. Just walk away. But following, uh, following this, this dialogue in, uh, in Matthew, in, in 18, 21 through 22, we're, we're uh, you know, we've been given this instruction on how to deal with conflict. Following this dialogue, then Peter came to Jesus and asked him, Lord, how many times should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? Oh, that's reasonable. Hey, neighbor, you keep running over my trash can. This is the sixth time you got one more time. And then I'm going to deal with you. So, you know, Peter asked something that's reasonable. How many times should I forgive him? Seven times? I, I mean, that sounds like a good number. And Jesus, he says, no, not seven times. But 70 times seven. And that's probably every day. <laughs> I wonder how many times we're forgiven of stuff. Is it only seven times? Oop, you reach your limit. In Matthew 18, 23 through 25, Jesus gives a parable. He tells a story. And... He talks about this man that owes a king probably millions of dollars. And he can't pay. He's going to have to go to jail. And 
So the guy comes to the king and he pleads his case. He says, look, I, you know, I, I can't pay you. I can't. Will you forgive me? And, uh, and so the king says, okay, I'm going re- to release you from this debt. But this man has somebody that owes him a few thousand dollars. And he goes to him and he throws him in jail. And the king finds out about it. And he says, what's wrong with you? <laughs> this is paraphrasing. This isn't, my, this isn't how the story goes. This is my version of the story. He says, I, look, I, I, gave you, I forgave you all of this debt. And this one guy owes you a much smaller amount. And you're going to punish him? No. I've, I've changed my mind. Now you're going to be put in jail. You're going to be punished until you can pay me back. And so... Jesus gives this story, this parable. You know, it's really not about money. (laughs) It's really about our heart. It's really about forgiveness. But Jesus is telling the story in a manner in which they could understand, in a manner in which we can understand the importance of what he's trying to say here. When we look at the parables, when we look at the things Jesus taught, he was talking about our heart. And so Jesus concludes with this. He says in Matthew 18, 35, that is what my heavenly Father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart. From your heart, okay. Not just from your mouth. Oh, I forgive you. You walk away and you still have that in your heart. See, it's not just lip service, it's heart service. (laughs) The Lord forgives all of us when we ask Him. We need to forgive ourselves. The Lord forgives us. We need to forgive others 